I'm Camille Joy, the host of the Moments of Joy podcast. This podcast is dedicated to super moms that don't always feel so super, trauma victims that need an example of how God can bring you through, and for those of you that are looking for a little joy, welcome to the show. I need the joy. Hey moms, welcome back to another amazing episode of the Moments of Joy podcast. Happy Mother's Day to all of you who have just celebrated with us here in the United States Mother's Day. I hope that you had an amazing, amazing time. I hope that you were celebrated. Moms, you are so special. You are resilient. You are beautiful. You are strong. And no matter the dark times that we go through in motherhood, because I mean, let's all be honest, there will be some dark times we plow through and we rise. We rise because everything we need is already on the inside of us. So moms, happy, happy Mother's Day. I'm so excited about today's podcast episode because I'm sitting down with someone who is very special. Before we get to that, the Real Moms Club. If you're on Clubhouse and you have have not had a chance yet to join our community, join. Clubhouse is now available for Android users as well, so no one has to be left out of this amazing community that I have had the opportunity to build over the last four months or five months. The Real Moms Club. So come and join all of the other 41 over 41,000 moms that unite with us on Clubhouse and are a part of this community. If you're listening and you want to be a part and be notified when we do things like meetups, when we get ready to do our getaways, um, when we host the inner circle of the Real Moms Club where we'll come off of Clubhouse and off of this podcast, we'll meet monthly, where we'll hear from professionals. Uh, we will have so many things going on. All that is coming so soon. But you can text Real Moms, and that's one word, to 474747. If you're not a part um, of the United States and you can't text that number, just simply go into therealmomsclub.org is going to let you subscribe to the site. So when announcements begin to go out in the next week, you'll be notified. Now, let me tell you about our guest. I met her very, um, not too long ago. Her name is Shanika Vale House. And what I loved about her was that she represented a group of moms that are underrepresented. And it is moms who have... Um, have had a journey to f fertility, who have had a journey getting pregnant, who have lost babies um, and had stillborns. So to anyone who has experienced that, this episode may be a little triggering. But Shanika is an inspiring and teaching person. She teaches moms by sharing her faith, transparent moments, and motherhood journey. She has a business, which I loved, where she created these onesies for mom, and they're called Faith 
T's. For moms that are really believing God for a baby and not letting go of that. I just love how she um, educates on infertility and about the hard moments and about losing children because she's lost too. Um, so she is so amazing and I hope that you guys like her just as much as I do. So we're going to get right into this episode without further ado. I am so excited to have with us on the Moments of Joy podcast, Shanika Vale House. Welcome to the show, Mama. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. You're welcome. It has just been a pleasure to meet you. Um, I stumbled, I'm trying to remember how I stumbled upon your page. I think I stumbled just on Instagram and then I found you on Clubhouse. Of course, I've, I know my listeners are tired <laughs> of me talking about Clubhouse. <laughs> <laughs> But then I, I found you over there and it's just been a pleasure to get to know you and follow you and see what you are about. Yes, likewise. I'm so excited. I actually, I found you, um, one of my followers tagged me in a post that you did. You I think go. you were looking, looking for go. people yes. to connect with or something. And I was like, oh my gosh, you know, like, let me follow her now. So it has been a joy to follow you as yes. well. I remember now someone shared a post and you shared it and you said, it reminds me of my story. Yes. And I said, oh, wait, I need to hear her story. <laughs> that was Holy Spirit saying, get yes. her on here. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And so I just love how you've been showing up um, as a strong black single Christian. I mean, no, no, I'm sorry. Married <laughs> Christian mama. Um, and so you are representing for the kingdom. Yes, thank you so much. I'm doing this. Yes, you're welcome. And so let's get right into it. Who are you and what do you do? I am Shanika Vale House. I am a country girl, born and raised mm -hmm. in Georgia, Southeast Georgia, um, Virginia living now. Um, I am a mom of two beautiful girls, five and three years old. My baby girl just turned three a week ago. Um, so I'm still trying to let that sink in that my yeah. baby girl is three. And I'm also the angel mom of two babies, Angel Justice, I mean, Angel Justice, Justice River, and also Jacob Bean, also you'll hear me say Kobe um, for Jacob. And I am a business owner. Um, my Transparent Moments is not only the platform that I have on social media, but it's also um, a business where I create apparel um, right now. My sole focus is the faith onesies where I use those to um, partner with moms and waiting and stand in faith with those who are believing for miracles and miracle babies. And um, I'm an author, I am a sister, a friend, a servant, you name it. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. You are a lot, um, you are doing <laughs> it with grace. Um, and so a part of your story um, that, I, that I really admire and part of your ministry is that you actually make onesies for women that are believing God for children. And that's a topic that, it's not discussed a lot, especially in faith. Um, and so can you share a little bit about that? So um, before my husband and I got married, um, I was having 
some things happening in my body and I wasn't really sure what was happening. And uh, my family wanted me to go and get that checked out. And through a series of, you know, tests or whatever, um, it looked to be okay. But what they were concerned about was the fact that I had a goiter. So it was something with my thyroid. And just with me doing some research and seeing what um, hypothyroidism or hyperthyroidism could be, I learned that it could affect your fertility. And there was nothing that I wanted to be more um, than a mom, than a wife and a mom. And so the thought of that coming into question was um, just devastating just to even think about it made me anxious and one of the things that I used to help encourage my faith during that time was a onesie I just purchased some onesies I love anchors and so I purchased some onesies with anchors actually from a woman on Instagram before Instagram came became the place where you could you know buy and sell things and I hung those onesies up in my closet and every day I would see them I would confess that it was God's will for me to conceive carry and birth children into the earth and so that was something tangible that I had to just connect my faith with and say God I believe this no matter what you know my body is telling me or what even a doctor may say in a diagnosis this is what I believe this is a promise I believe that you made to me and this is what I'm going to hold on to and this is something that I'm going to use to remind me of that and so Years after that, here I am, you know, I'm a mother of two children. At this time, I, I hadn't lost any children. So all I know is a successful, um, you know, birth story or birth stories. Um, but God tells me to create this onesie, this faith, this faith onesie. And um, so that's what I did. And I literally put on there, this is mom's faith tea um, mm -hmm. to help her see me before she sees me, because I know the importance of having something tangible just yeah. to remind you of what you're believing for. Yeah, that is an actual real thing. I mean, so if you are listening, please take note to that. But having something, holding on to something physical while you are believing God for something is actually something that we should do. When me and my husband um, knew that God was calling us to Houston, we put a box next to the door and we started putting stuff in it, pods and pans. We're from Connecticut. So that was real radical, especially yeah. when we didn't have thousands and thousands of dollars to just put away <laughs> and he did it miraculously. Like I tell the story, I, we, we, put our notice in and we were going and we were looking at each other like what are we doing because we don't even have all the money that we need <laughs> two days before we were supposed to leave we got twenty thousand dollars wow yeah wow. it was held up and it was released two days before wow. we left yep so acting by faith and really knowing and believing and continually saying what the physical part does is really just move that thing that's in your mind to reality this is going to happen so let's prepare for it yeah yeah absolutely preparation is definitely um definitely a thing it's it's um it was me it was the faith of onesies was almost like the writing the vision and making it plain so that you know those who read it can run with it like that was the vision written on you know the, a t-shirt you know mm -hmm. i'm believing god i'm seeing this before i see it literally you know i could 
sit there and look at it and I will hold even the ones that I have now you know sometimes I will just sit there and I'll just hold it because sometimes you just need that reminder you have you know tough days and tough moments and you won't always get you know the reports that you're expecting from the doctor but if you can mm -hmm. look at those and just say you know what thank you for this report I still believe the report of the Lord that's and so right. just, yeah, just having that thing to just, just to remind you, if nothing else to remind you of what God says, because sometimes all you have is a word. Absolutely. I mean, that part is important in our faith that yes, we hear the doctors, but I still believe. Mm -hmm. Yep. And in that, that held me definitely with my son who needed heart surgery three times. So, mm -hmm. you know, Yes, I know that this may be a diagnosis, but I still, I'm believing God, you know, um, for his long life and for his destiny. So Absolutely. you are teaching something here today. Mm -hmm. um, and so you went on to have your daughters. How long was it after you started making the onesies and then you conceived your first child? I actually had already had both of my children. Okay. So I started, okay. yeah, I started making the onesies. Um, my baby girl was probably almost two. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking, I don't remember the exact date, but she was, she was here. So I was literally, it didn't, um, it didn't come that, you know, I experienced a loss. And then I was like, you know, I need another onesie to remind me like things were good. I actually wasn't at the point of even trying to have another child. Um, when I started creating these onesies, it was literally just to stand in, in faith and stand in agreement with other women who were believing God to uh, be moms or wow. to be moms again. Yeah. Wow. So um, wow. totally prophetic. Yeah, they mean so, so much more to me, even in this space. But yeah, when, when I first um, responded to, to God's request, um, I was, it was just out of obedience and just to stand in faith with other women, not knowing that I would need it for myself. Wow. Not knowing that you would need it for yourself. Um, so let's talk about that. The, the reason that you ended up needing these shirts for yourself. So it was um, the end of 2019 and my husband and I felt like God was telling us, you know, okay, it's, it's go time again. And I was like, oh, wait, I'm not ready. <laughs> like, you know, I'm not ready. I, I was planning on another year or so. I know I'm getting up in age, but you know, my baby girl is not at the age that I was just ready to be like, okay, we have another baby. But it was just so heavy upon us that we were like, okay, you know, I know we don't have everything that we want in place, but if this is what God is saying, then, you know, we're, this is what we're going to do. And um, I had, funny enough, a couple months before uh, was working on a book and God told me, um, this is not your next book. I need you to pause that. And I need you to write this mm. book. This, it was another children's book and it was called Expecting CJ. And what was so um, funny for lack of a better word about that is I actually posted that I was going to write my next children's book and it was going to be called Expecting CJ. I mean, it was going to be a book about childlike faith, but I did that because my oldest daughter, Reagan, for 
probably about a year and a half at that point had been talking about her baby brother CJ Mm. and I would share like on Facebook all of the stuff that she would say and so CJ literally became a real a real person to a lot of people (laughs) so we were like you know I would tell stuff and we would laugh and I was like you know what at this point I'm just gonna write another children's book and call it expecting CJ um but I wasn't really serious you know just being facetious and so when he told me no, this is not your next book. I actually do want you to write this expecting CJ book. I paused the book. Mm. And by the end of November, I had written the book. And at the top of January, 2020, I reached out to my illustrator, um, gave her all of my details, you know, what I wanted it to look like. And two weeks after that, I found out I was pregnant. Wow. And so I'm like, oh, like, wow. wow. This is why you told me to write this book because we're actually going to be expecting CJ. And so the, right. the um, relevance to this is um, bef- after the, the stint where I wasn't sure what my body was going to be doing after having the back and forth with the doctors about the goiter, mm-hmm. I was um, at the time traveling. I was uh, assisting my cousin. And so we traveled a whole lot and I was on a um, on a flight from the West Coast back to the East Coast. So, you know, those are pretty lengthy. Yeah. And I was just kind of looking out of the window, just not really doing anything, just taking in the surroundings. And I had like this vision where I literally saw these names in the cloud and one name was CJ mm. and one name was Reagan Lee. Well, when my husband and I, you know, got married later after that, uh, we had these two names and I just knew that the first baby was going to be a boy. So mm. for the first five months of my pregnant, I, pregnancy, right. I called the baby CJ. Mm. Uh, my husband's name is Chris. So it's for Chris Jr. Right. And um, found out that it was a girl. And so I was like, oh, this is Reagan. Okay. So mm-hmm. we got this part. So we have Reagan. We have Ryan, who is our right. surprise baby that we were right. not trying for. She literally just surprised us. Mm-hmm. So when I have these two girls, so now I'm pregnant for the third time. So I know, oh, this is the boy. This is yeah. the baby boy that I've seen before all of this even happened. And so I'm thinking, oh God, you know, this is so amazing. Everybody knows about CJ. So this is not, you know, a surprise. Everybody is pretty much waiting on me. And I'm like, no, this is not it. So now this is the time you told me to write this book. This is going to be so encouraging to so many people's faith because they know what this means. They know we expect a boy, even though we weren't trying at the time. So, you know, I'm just, I'm just making plans for God. Like, I know what you're doing with this. Right. Right. And um, it didn't happen that way. Mm. Wow. So I um I'm I'm working on this book and I'm carrying this baby, but I am fighting anxiety like I've mm. never had before in any pregnancy. Wow. And um I'm like, what is what is this about? And I just keep hearing, and of course, I'm rebuking the enemy because clearly I'm thinking, you know, this is exactly where this is coming from, just just right. over and over telling me this right. baby is not, you know, gonna live. You won't ever mm. see this baby. And I'm just, you know, no, I rebuke you. So I'm doing my confessions, you know, my pregnancy confessions and yeah. I'm, you know, quoting scripture, I'm praying, I'm like everything. And um, I just couldn't shake it. Yeah. So mm. we are to go to the, to the, um, our doctor's appointment for our first ultrasound, which was an, a whole thing in itself because I was at nine weeks at this point and I'd never gone that long before having my first ultrasound but I was literally just having um issues for lack of a better term with the doctor's office where appointments were randomly um 
canceled and you know no one knew why reschedules just everything so it was just taking me forever to get in there so I never um had this settling feeling when it was time for me to go in there I was Mm -hmm. believing God that everything was going to be okay praying that everything was going to be okay but I just was not settled yeah and we get in there and literally me my husband we brought our children along because this is, you know, this is a big thing for us. This is our last baby. Yeah. This is our baby boy. It was the day after my baby girl's birthday, after her second birthday. Um, and so we were just going to make it a thing. It was just going to be amazing. And we get in there and the sonographer is just quiet. Like mm. she's looking. And mind you, I've had two ultrasounds, you know, prior to this. So I know what it's supposed to look like at this time. Right. And I'm just looking and I'm like, this doesn't look right. Like wow. something, something is different. And she's not saying anything. So let me be the one to break the silence. And so right. I said, you know, is that the baby? And her response was, I don't really remember what it was, but it wasn't affirmative. And I was like, mm. okay, yes, something, something is often. My oldest daughter ended up having to go to the bathroom. So my husband took the girls out and it was at that time that she said, you know, I wasn't sure what I was allowed to release, you know, with your daughters being here in the room, yeah. but you know, you can't find a heartbeat and just all mm. the things. And so I'm just in a fog, mm. you know, I, I can't cry. I can't right. talk. I'm just right. like numb immediately. And um, she gave me a second to process. And then I think I I spoke to her for a minute. She was very, very warm, um, Mm. gave me a hug. So it's right before the pandemic hit. So we were still, you know, not having any issues. So she was able to hug me and just say, you know, I'm so sorry. And um, there was when my literal world changed. Wow. That is so, that is so um just touching I'm I'm as you are describing I'm just playing it out in my head like it's a movie yeah and seeing you with your two little girls there and your husband and to have to go home and just really go through the process now Mm -hmm. of of um taking your body through this yeah and it was it what was so um I guess different about that, you know, just standing there, there was a, a portion of time where we had to wait before the doctor came in and I could hear Holy Spirit say to me, there's still life there. Mm. And I didn't, you know, I'm standing here or sitting here just being told that, you know, my baby's not alive. It has no heartbeat. And you're right. speaking to me, there's still life there. And I wasn't really sure what to make of it. Um, but I held on to it. And so when the doctor came in and she gave me, you know, all of the options mm-hmm. um, after, you know, having a, an ultrasound like this, I, I was like, you know, I don't, I don't want to do either of those. I was like, at this point, I don't really feel like that's my choice. Right. Um, I don't know. You know, it was also new to me. I mm-hmm. never experienced it before. Yeah. And I was like, you know, I just, I don't, I don't want to do, I don't want to do any of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she said, okay, you know, you can come back and we'll do another ultrasound to see, you know, where your body is at and, um, we'll go from there. And so I said, okay. And I left very, very broken. Mm-hmm. Um, but somewhere with, between leaving there and a couple hours, I, I grabbed a hold of my faith and I was like, you know, this doesn't have to be my end, you know, mm-hmm. if, 
if you want to give me a different story, then that is what, you know, I'll believe for. That's and so great. I was like, you know, maybe there's still life. There means you want to resurrect my baby. Mm-hmm. So I'm, that's what I'm going to believe for. And so for two weeks, I carry my baby still every day, still confessing, still believing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was one thing to know what it was like to carry life. Mm-hmm. It was something else to know that you're walking around carrying death, mm-hmm. but believing Ooh. for life still. Um, my so God. That, was, that was, it was such a faith fight. I have never mm-hmm. in my life been in a faith fight like I was during those two weeks. Um, but I literally, I held on to every word um, from God. And I just had to um, believe from the standpoint that even if you don't, I know you can't. Yeah. And so I just kept, I just kept believing. I kept believing. And um absolutely. Almost two weeks later, um, I actually did. I woke up one Saturday morning. Well, it was early, it was still dark, but it was like four o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. And I thought I had a night sweat. And those aren't uncom- uncommon to me. That was actually one of the things that I was experiencing back when when they actually asked me to go to the doctor. So I woke up thinking, oh man, I've had a night sweat. I need to change my clothes. And in grabbing my phone, I realized that it wasn't sweat, it was blood. Mm-hmm. And so just having to um, deal with all of that and still um, hold on to there's still life there. Okay, so just knowing, you know, this is not what it means, but this is still what you said. And I think that was one of the things um, that was spoken in the podcast that I saw from you Mm -hmm. where um, the young woman said, we have to um, be okay when miracles don't happen the way that we expect them to or something something to to that matter you know I was believing God for a miracle I was believing him to resurrect my baby in my womb and the the miracle that happened wasn't the way that I expected it to happen but a miracle still took place but a miracle still took place. My goodness, that that's it. I I want to circle back. I was I was taking notes while you were talking so that I wouldn't forget. But you did something very important, and I think as as a woman of color, it's important for us to know. And I guess all women, right, in general, that we have choices. Yeah. I was such a young mom. Um, I I never really even thought about the choices that I had to say no to a thing Mm -hmm. when you when there was no heartbeat you told the doctor that you were not comfortable in two choices so I know Mm -hmm. what the two choices were Mm -hmm. they would have given you a pill or they would have taken it out Mm -hmm. and you chose neither Mm -hmm. and that's important to note that we have a choice we don't always have to roll with what the doctors say we can say no I'm, I'm in control of this ship. Yeah. And I think that's something important that you taught today, because I'm sure someone is listening and they don't even really know that they have a choice, even, even in birth or as you go down the line and in any diagnosis, you have a choice. Yeah, you absolutely do. And just to, to speak to that, you know, it wasn't my specific case, but there have been cases where, they do the ultrasound and they can't find a heartbeat and they prepare to do a procedure and something happens and they say, you know, well, let's just check one more time before we do it. And then they go in and they check and then the baby is there, you know, and so there are children walking here who potentially, you know, wouldn't be here 
if they didn't have those moments. And so if you feel in any type of way of maybe, you know, you're not as far along as you think you are. And so maybe that can be an issue with them not finding our heartbeat. You know, not to say that mm-hmm. every every instance is the same because right. I did go on to have another miscarriage and I right. did have the, you know, the procedure done because I know I wouldn't have been able to go through what I went through the first time. So every, mm. every situation is different, but to know if in that moment, what you feel is this is not something that I can, that I want to do. And you don't have an issue that's, you know, life threatening, you know, something like an ectopic pregnancy or something that threatens your life. And you're like, no, that's, this is not what I want to do. You absolutely have that choice to do so. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. So you just skated over our next point. (laughs) So you you went on to, to get pregnant again, and then you had Mm -hmm. another miscarriage. I did. Um, six months after, um, I lost justice, I found out that I was, um, found that I was pregnant again. So at this point, I'm ecstatic. Um, There is no fear. I am not battling anxiety. I am certain that this is my rainbow baby. I am like, yeah, I am. I am positive that this, this time is CJ. And so even um, as it relates to the book, we're further along with the process, the illustrations are done, and we're actually ready to go to print. And I'm like, this is it. This is what you were trying to do. I was like, I realized, okay, the first time I thought I wrote this book for other people and I realized you had me to write this book for me so that during this interim, I wouldn't lose my faith so that I would still expect CJ. Okay, got it. So here we are, you know, CJ is coming. Like we are on the way and um, pregnancy is going well. I have no issues. Um, I don't really deal with morning sickness. So that wasn't a thing. My body was fine. I wasn't really, you know, out of energy. It was beautiful. And um, all was well. And one night I went to the bathroom and I thought I saw, you know, just a little twinge of pink, not enough to um, be alarming, but just something to raise my eyebrow. And I was like, you know, I'm not going to let this bother me. It's time for me to go to bed and rest. I'm not going to stay up all night about this. I know I'm good. I believe God. I prayed and I went to bed and I woke up the next morning, got up to go to the bathroom and there's more. Um, and, and not, it's not as questionable. I, I, at this point, I know that it's, it's blood, but it's still not a lot to really be alarming, but I need to make sure that everything is okay. So I make an appointment to, um, go to the doctor that day, you know, I, you know, told them if you have anything available today, please let me come in just so I can make sure that everything is fine. And I still wasn't really battling anxiety. I thought everything, I was like, God, you're just doing this so I can get in to see my baby early. You know, that stretch between um, when you find out that you're pregnant, if you find out really early and, and when you're allowed to go in to have the ultrasound can be a very long wait. So I'm like, God, you're just, you're just letting me, you know, go in early to see my baby. So I didn't go in with any fear or any doubt same doctor's office, same space, same room. So I know what it has been, but I, I don't believe that that is what it is this time. And so I get in there and they're looking and I'm looking at the ultrasound. And whereas I looked at it before and something, you know, I could look and see, oh, something's not right. I'm looking now and I can see my baby's head and I can see my baby's body and I can see my baby's, my baby's arm. And so I'm thinking everything is wonderful. Mm-hmm. And then I hear, the ultrasound take who I believe is the same one but at this point we're masked up so I can't really tell right. and she says oh I'm so sorry and I'm like 
what do you mean? I'm so sorry. I know this is not the same. I'm so sorry, you know, that I've heard before. And she was like, I'm sorry, I I can't find, I can't find the heartbeat. And at this point, there is, there is no fog. There is no stillness. I, I'm like, I'm done. I'm devastated. I am just broken. And I could not, I couldn't understand after, after my first loss, I felt like there was just, um, I was able to find purpose in it, you know, and I couldn't understand why I would be back there again. And so it was so, so heartbreaking. Mm. And, um, the first words that I could utter to my husband was I wasn't supposed to have to pay twice. That had been one of the confessions that I had been, um, making over my pregnancy just from Nahum one and nine that I wouldn't have to pay twice I wouldn't go through the same thing again and so um he immediately just started to um speak life into me and tell me you know this is not punishment this is not something um that we did we don't understand why it's happening um but this is a though he slay me yet will we trust you moment and um so he was really in that moment I didn't, I didn't grab a hold to my faith. I just grabbed onto him because I was devastated. I, I didn't know, I didn't know what to think or what to make of it. Um, and that was a hard, hard place. And you think, you know, you've been through it once. It can't hurt any worse than it hurt then. And it did, mm-hmm. it hurt so much worse. And um, I was shared earlier that I, I went on and I actually had the procedure and I um, had it the next day. So everything was just such a whirlwind and it was actually the day before the day that I had the procedure was the day before the due date of my first baby so I've been planning to do um justice's due date do date yeah just um I had planned to do so many things just to um honor his due date and just um try and reach back and help some other other moms and um there I was in this place of grief again and um I was back there and I was just like you know you know, I could hear Holy Spirit say to me, I'm here, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm here because I'm back there. I'm by myself and my, my blood pressure is high. You know, I'm just crying because I'm literally trying to just take all of this in and process it. And I hear him say, I'm here. And my response was, I know, but why am I here? Yeah. Yeah. Why why am I here? And that's one of the things I think that I really try to um shine a light on with other women who are going here especially women of faith Mm -hmm. we are often taught you know you don't question god you don't question god and i didn't question god's sovereignty i know that he knows more than me you know Mm -hmm. he knows better than me he knows my end from my beginning so i know you know how this works out for my good but right now i can't see it and so to help me through this place i got questions you know and so if I'm going to get answers, I got to go to the answer. So yeah, yeah I absolutely ask questions. So why, you know, why am I here? Mm. And I don't know. I still don't know, you know, yeah. why I was there. But yeah. just to know that I could, um, I could ask those questions and that he could comfort me, even though he didn't reveal to me, you know, the entirety of why I had to go through it. Um, I, I fully trusted him to, to get me through it. Absolutely. Anyways, yeah, and he has. I mean, I'm sitting here speaking in tongues under my voice, just listening to this story, because although it is heavy, 
I just know it's giving life to so many moms who were there over and over again. So many women who are waiting to become moms who, who don't even have one, but over and over again, they, they have to ask themselves why God and that, and that feeling of really being broken physically mm -hmm. that I'm a woman and I cannot give birth. Um, so I am just, in awe of God just using you in this way. Um, I, I used to really hate the saying that we we go through for other people because we're like, well, I don't know them. I don't want to go through for them. <laughs> I'd rather not, God. <laughs> you were truly an example of that. And just through that loss, turning it into purpose. So now you have this platform called Transparent Moment. And through that, you just share all of your moments. Is that yeah. how that came about? It actually, yeah. After I had um, my first daughter, I would just share. Um, I, I, I see God in everything. I try my best to see God in everything. Even the everyday mundane tasks that we do. I try to see him in everything. Try to hear him in everything. And what I realized after having my daughter was that when I would interact with her, when I would speak to her, I could clearly hear him speaking to me. And so I was like, wow, and just these everyday real life motherhood happenings, I'm getting these divine revelations from God. And I was like, oh man, that's a moment. And I um, was like, you know, I need to share this transparent, transparent moment uh, with you guys. And then one day he highlighted the mom in moments. And I was wow. like, oh yeah. A transparent moment like mm -hmm. the mom and moment like I'm yeah. gonna share this this is where real meets revelation and that's what I'll do and so that's what I began doing so my daughter was not even um one yet I don't believe and I would just share whatever those happenings were I would give them you know what we were doing the real life part and then I would share the revelation that I got behind it and so I've been doing that for um about five years at wow. this point but wow. absolutely took a took a different turn you know mm -hmm. um last year where I'm able to share from a, a different place and just to speak to what you were sharing how um going through for other people and what was one day in prayer um I heard God say um I know it hurt but I knew I could trust you mm. and um just to tell people like you don't understand the weight that comes with being trusted and this is not something that I would have readily signed on for but um I'm thankful for the healing and I'm also thankful that God chooses to use me to be able to reach out for another mom who may be in this um, but healing seems far from her because she's upset, you know, with the way things turned out. And that was something someone asked me, you know, how, how did you so easily turn to God in this? And it, my answer was because I knew he was the only one that could heal me. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I never, I never had that part of the process where, you're angry with God. And I'm not saying if you are that you're wrong for that. It's an emotion and God can handle it. Yeah. Um, but I didn't have that because I didn't, I didn't believe that he caused it, but I did have confusion because I couldn't understand why he would allow it. Yeah. And um, 
And so that he, and that's what he helped to, to walk me through. He let me ask those questions. He actually told me after I lost justice, he said, come to me every day with a question and a confession and wherever you are is where I'll meet you. Mm. And that's what he did every day, every day. I started a garden and I would go out and even in, in planting those seeds and watching, you know, watering those seeds and watching those seeds grow, I got to see there's still life there yeah. manifest before my eyes, you know, so, so many things that he was saying to me that, that didn't really make sense to me. Mm-hmm. He let unfold just with me walking each day, each day with him. I saw scriptures come to life every day. You read, you know, that God is near to the brokenhearted. I felt yes. that. Yeah. I lived that, you know. That his strength is made perfect in weakness. I live that. So scriptures, they they weren't just words on paper anymore. Yeah. Can you give some nuggets to that mom who may be hurting or uh, I call the mom who lost a mom, period, because a child was in her womb. Mm -hmm. Um, So would you give some nuggets of strength and encouragement to that mom who is still believing? Oh, yeah. Um, You know, it hurts. And that's one thing that I really thank God for allowing me to display um, in this space that you don't have to put down your humanity. You don't have to be so spiritual about it that you negate what you feel. Feel what you feel and um, take those feelings to God and just allow him to comfort you in a place where you're hurting you don't have to rush out of it but just trust that God will get you through it don't let someone rush you in your process this is not something that you get over but in in time you learn how to get on with it you don't leave the memory of your baby you don't have to pretend that it didn't happen but you will be able to move on and live life and go on to what your promises are and what all God has for you um but to just um, give yourself grace and then be open to trust God here in the broken place and then on to the healing place. Mm, on to the healing place. That is so beautiful. Shanika, would you tell everyone how they can reach you and how the moms that are waiting can purchase those onesies? Absolutely. I am on Instagram at my transparent moments and i'm also on facebook at my transparent moments and i also have a website which is www.shanikavalehouse.com s-h-a-n-i-c-k-a-v-a-i-l house like the house you live in dot com and there you can purchase your onesie if you just go to um the shop the online shop and you can get them there Awesome. And I will link that in the description of the show so that they can click right on it. And I want to thank you, although this may have been a triggering and heavy conversation for some, I think it was a very necessary conversation uh, for some mamas out there and some women who, who just need this story today. So I thank you for your transparency and your vulnerability. Thank you. You're welcome. All righty, guys. Don't forget that new episodes are released every single Wednesday and you always have the option to choose joy. Bye-bye.